Hi, this is Ed. Ed, it's Joey Jingola. Joey, I was just leaving you a voicemail. How you doing, sir? I'm great. I apologize. My phone is on Do Not Disturb. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Trusted Choice, whatever it is, Trusted Choice, I get what Agency Nation is now. Is that a place you get contracts or is that like, I don't understand, like I was telling you on my video about, yeah. I don't know what the big I is, but I know you have to do that to get a discounted Elevate. What I really want to do is so easy to get down these insurance kind of uh, rabbit holes where, you know, it's like doing it the same way everyone did it before and I'm trying to not reinvent the wheel, basically. But what I want to do is scale and that's why I'm so excited about the stuff I hear on your podcast. And I don't know, that's what I was kind of asking you is can one guy really scale? I mean, the only way I can see to do it is, is on the internet. That's what they call the $64 million question. Literally. That's my buddy Ed Munson over at Munson Insurance. And he's talking about, well, there's a lot in there. I mean, there was a lot. Um, first off, yes, Ed, just answer the question quickly. Trusted Choice is not, definitely not a place where you get appointments. Uh, TrustedChoice.com is where you um, can actually sign up, um, get some referrals, some leads. We you know, deliver you some business. I uh, actually just rolled out a whole new tier of, of, uh, of kind of product services, uh, basically what we call our Advantage subscription. Um, that would deliver you those kind of leads, referrals. Um, now we're adding a, a bunch of different fancy tools to the mix as well um, that we're pretty excited about. So if you uh, haven't checked it out for a while, you might want to do that. Uh, head on over to trustedchoice.com and see what's up. And um, yeah, that'd be fun. So yeah, that's what trustedchoice.com is for those that don't know, because it is confusing. I mean, you come across Agency Nation and you hear us talking about it from time to time. You're like, what is happening to my life right now? I get it, fine, sorry, our fault. But then it goes into, hey, I don't really want to reinvent the wheel. I don't, but I don't want to do the same thing, you know, do the same things over and over again. So Ed is looking for a new way to not reinvent the wheel from what I gather, maybe slightly, a little bit. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, he just wants to scale. And I would say that that is probably the entire reason that InsureTech exists at the moment is, hey, how do we... Um, try and do something that a bunch of these agents, these people across the country are doing, but just not with them. And yes, okay, it's the age-old question. And it's definitely something that I have been chasing. I was chasing in my insurance career, and I think I think it's, it's not a, I mean, it's definitely not an easy question to answer, and I'm regretting even putting this clip in here right now, to be honest with you, because I don't know that I have a great answer. Um, most of the successful agencies that I see today, um, you know, that are just true, like, hey, we're dominating in our local area. Um, you know, they're doing it with some bodies. You know, they're doing it with being out in front, bringing the business home, and then letting the people clean it up. And maybe there's a different version of scale where maybe it's not a one-man shop potentially, or I guess we should even define the level of scale that we're talking about because. You know, can you put some automation in place? Can you get some backend support through like a marble box? And, you know, maybe be able to do, you know, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand in, in commission, you know, maybe one, two hundred thousand in commission. Probably I would imagine that would be possible. 
Um, you know, if you really get the lead flow going, if you get some people coming through, if you develop relationships, I would say that that would be a pretty realistic sort of thing to do. I mean, if you're looking for a little more insurance domination, like to just kind of destroy the world, then I don't know. Then you're dealing with, you know, the, the big boys, uh, like Coverhound and Insurion that are, you know, just technically like independent agencies that, you know, kind of operate like a, a much bigger shop. So I, okay. Yes. A lot of, a lot of that stuff, Ed, um, but there are definitely some other things standing in Ed's way and obviously some other agents way from even really thinking about that first. If you're just talking PNC, cause I like to do both. That's maybe a problem in itself, but having getting appointments is the, is what is one thing that would keep me from being able to scale. And I don't, that's, is there any kind of assistance there with any of these organizations that you're connected to? Uh, nothing like a good old market access conversation. I never really liked the term market access. It kind of sounds like a grocery store chain, you know, uh, club card gone wrong. I don't know. I don't like it. I, I think we could. Uh, anyways, it's not. It's like my least favorite thing to discuss when talking about PNC because it's something that I, f I feel it's just an entirely useless conversation um, where a lot of these companies are just kind of silly as far as what they want you to do to get an appointment with them. Um, you know, usually involving some type of animal sacrifice and the donation of your firstborn child. Like it's that kind of crazy, right? I don't know what it is. And I even asked just because I just wanted to test my craziness to see exactly how healthy or unhealthy it was. I asked if you haven't seen it, uh, two places to, to catch it. Uh, last week's episode of the Jingola Effect, episode 25, Rebuilding State Auto with Mike Larocco. Um, and then on the podcast as well, um, both by the same name, the podcast has the entire full interview. So if you don't, if you, if you somehow got to this episode and didn't listen to that episode, we might as well want to go and listen to it. A lot of great stuff there. Anyways, Mike said, I said, Hey Mike, listen, I just, and I prefaced, I like, I primed him like the whole time. I was like, dude, I think we're going to disagree about this and I need you to tell me why. But we didn't, and he said, you know, market access, just the hoops, the unnecessary hoops um, that people have to jump through are nonsense. They're silliness, or he said something, a pretty awesome word to describe it, which I was very happy. So, yes, we need a little bit more of that. Um, if we could just get uh, those some other companies to realize, whatever, whoever you are, I'm not, I don't know names, I honestly don't know, because I'm a health insurance guy, so I don't really know exactly what the going rate is for that, you know, how many animal sacrifices, how many firstborn children, if you have to steal somebody's firstborn child to get the, the appointment, I'm not sure, I haven't checked the market for that lately, but anyways, the point on that is that that shouldn't be a thing, right? So there are things, obviously, there's the aggregators, the clusters, the SIAAs, the keystones, the Iroquois, the you name the couple letters and some whatever thing. There's all those things, right? And all of the deals with the devils and the sellings of the souls that may or may not take place in some of those arrangements. And they may be a necessary evil for you. They may not. It's entirely up to you. I do think um, from things that I've heard from people that are working on some stuff that there, there may be some less, less, um, you know, soul sucking opportunities that are currently available and, or might be available in the future. Uh, very possible. Um, but again, to the point Ed, it's, it's really, if you know what you really want to do, if you really know what you want to do and you really like what you want to do, I mean, you could probably get by with, you know, just a couple companies.
And what I really want to do, I mean, you know, one thing is I'm probably twice your age and I kind of want to do what I want to do. And I do have a whole other career. And see, that's when I jumped into this. I was like, you know, I'm succeeding in this career. Now's the time to set something up instead of when everything falls apart and I'm trying to do it from the ground up. I have capital, right? And I decided that I, I kept running across business that I have to give to other people. And they, it was acting like they didn't want it. Like I, I think I told you, I'd have a couple that one was a teacher, one was a nurse. But between them, they're making, you know, 125 yeah. 150 grand and they're on their parents car insurance and they're trying to buy a car and i'm thinking wow these people they could be i could have their family i could have their homeowners i could do health i could do all this down the road so i don't necessarily want to focus on non-standard but it's a way to get people that don't currently have a relationship with an insurance agent i mean it's definitely a way to do it and that's for sure a way to do it and i mean non-standard business needs a home too it's never something that i've really focused so here's here's the deal with that right it's it's I mean, you could have a couple non-standard companies. I don't know. I would imagine three, maybe four would, would take it. I mean, probably two or three, to be honest with you. Three, maybe four. Something in that neighborhood would would be enough to, to put you in the ballpark with just about anybody. And, um, and yeah, so now, Ed, I mean, this is, if none of this is making sense. If you maybe missed the first episode Ed was on, I believe, I don't remember the number. It was, uh, what is Agency Nation? Ed was kind of, you know, just asking some questions about Agency Nation Trusted Choice. Anyways, Ed, I believe, I don't believe, I know, um, he's, he's a, actually a current car dealer. He owns a car dealership, and, and he said he has this career. He's, he's, he's successful in this, and that's why he's like, hey, you know, listen, I got, got a little money to burn. I kind of want to look for the next thing just because I don't like selling cars all that much. And he's always been an insurance agent kind of on the side sort of thing. He's always kept his license. It was his first career before the car thing, and he's thinking about maybe getting back into it. Now, Ed, if just you're if you're thinking about the non-standard business, if it's like, hey, I've got a lot of first-time car buyers, if you will, that are coming through my dealership, and I just wanna wanna suck them in right there. You know, they're on mom and dad's insurance, they got a good job, they haven't really had a need to go out on their own, and you know, when they get the first car, I'll, I'll just be their first insurance agent, and we'll just lock it in for life or something to the equivalent. Again, Ed, if you're, you know, towards the back nine of your career, maybe this is something that you're building. I can't remember. I think you said you had some kids. I don't know if they're interested in insurance. Probably not, just if it's anything like anybody else's kids that actually end up in insurance. But they might thank you one day because eventually they might just find themselves there like most of us do. And, um, you know, so if they are... Uh, if, if they are non-standard and if you're waiting for that maybe to develop into something a little more mature, like you'd said, cross-sell them into some other things, uh, you know, wait for them to buy the house, whatever, the, the boats, the toys. I mean, yeah, it might take a little bit, but it'll eventually get there. If, if you've got enough volume through the dealership, you could essentially spin off the dealership business into the insurance business. And then once the insurance business uh, you know, um, accumulates enough over the, you know, three, four, five years that that original non-standard might be maturing into standardizing itself a little bit. Who knows? Everyone can dream every now and then. And you might be onto something and scaling something that, you know, maybe may or may not need the internet because I tell you what, anybody that's doing personalized that I personally know, there you go. Um, they're doing it through just good old fashioned, you know, networking and, you know, relationship centers of influence. They got mortgage broker people just, you know, feeding them business all day long. And that's kind of their thing. So, I mean, if you are your own center of influence, if you will, a car dealership and you instead, instead of focusing on the home, focusing on the auto, you got your markets for it, you bing, bang, boom, you got your process, you got your back end office, you got, you know, you just... 
you, you go from uh, signing the lease, signing the loan, whatever the papers are, right over to, and here's our little cubicle for insurance. I, I think that's legal. I don't think there's anything against the law that you couldn't have a little mini insurance agency inside your car dealership. Um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how many cars you sell every month, Ed. I mean, but I'm kind of slightly just a little excited about, you know, the potential there. Um, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of good questions. A lot of good, well, not a lot, of, mostly mediocre answers on my part because, you know, I don't know, Ed, what you're really hoping to do or looking to do. But those are just some of my thoughts and my observations of seeing what's working from other agents and things like that. I Don't get too down on yourself. But, you know, the, the ultimate, I guess the ultimate thing is, is that, you know, you need companies to sell right? That's a challenge for everybody. Sometimes you maybe make a questionable decision on how to make that happen. Either way, you can overcome it, uh, depending on, you know, how advanced you are in your career. If you're signing a 10-year deal for, you know, SIA type thing, well, you know, if you're, again, in the back nine, maybe not the best thing you could do. But if you are, you know, young and you, you survive it, it's, you know, it's only 10 years. What's a decade? Um, you know, whatever. But get that, you know, get your markets in place, get the people that you want to do business with, kind of do some research as to who you think is, you know, going to be a decent fit for at least, you know, the first couple of years. I think you could ride any storm for a couple of years. And then, you know, if one of the companies or two of the companies lose their mind, their rates aren't any good anymore, then you might be at a point where you can bring on some, some other, other business, who knows. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what's most enticing and how you actually scale is just finding, you know, finding people you want to do business with over and over again and get really good at it. I think it's less of a, I mean, obviously the mechanism, you know, I think the, the technology behind it is important, but I think where a lot of the inefficiency comes in is by trying to do too many things for too many people and you don't get fat, you don't get good. You don't get fast. You don't get efficient. And if you actually take the time to dedicate yourself to do that, you'll find yourself, I guess, scaling a lot faster than you thought. absolutely no way to recover from this i mean none whatsoever it's just impossible there's always a pretty good chance that somebody's gonna see this happen and that's walking through a door in any type of expedited fashion and it not closing behind you not closing because for whatever reason just the business owner decided that that was too much of a luxury to have their door closed behind you you just fling that thing open you walk right through and then you realize i'm an idiot and i just left that door open i feel like i feel like that's asking a lot of your customers to not only open it but then also close it. i mean i'm not like i literally i, I mean i can do a few things with like five tools that's it but i'm pretty sure it can't be that hard to install one of those little things you know those things that make the door close by itself i don't know i don't know there was i was the reason i'm i was at i was getting some chinese i think it was chinese my wife wanted some chinese a new chinese restaurant and uh, i just blow through there i was like i'm gonna pick up my chinese i'm in a hurry and just the door she just opened and i walked in and i'm like five steps in and the lady's like right there and there's like two other people waiting for their food. I'm like, don't worry, I got it. I'll close the door. 
Did it ever happen to you? Is that just me? Do I just go through doors too fast? Is that a, is that maybe my situation? I'm curious. JoeyAgencyNation.com. Let me know. How fast do you walk through doors, and does that open you up to a vulnerability? Important things. We have to talk about important things. Can't underestimate that. If you want to walk through doors faster in your agency, there we go. Uh, let's try Agency Nation University, and there's a lot of good information there. Agencynation.com/university. Uh, tons of great information. The private Facebook group is really where it's at. A lot of good people, a lot of good interaction, a lot of good information in there. Um, that's really where the cool kids are. So if you want to at least, you know, I mean, we kind of call ourselves that, but I don't know that we are. If you want to, if you want to test it out for yourself, agencynation.com/university.